T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. And here we go. There's a man open left side. Caught. Touchdown. Yes. Ten. Five. Touchdown. It's touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. Coming up. Jay Gruden will join us in just a moment to break down the Commanders and the rest of the National Football League. <laughs> so our phones have done something a little goofy here this Wait, morning. Wait, that's a surprise. Shocker. That almost never happens. Um, so Jay will be with us momentarily. Um, we, we got him now, Matt. All right. Pleased to bring in now, of course, the former head coach of the Washington Commanders, one of the best offensive coordinators the league has had over the last 20 years. It's our guy, Jay Gruden. Jay, appreciate the time, as always, this morning. How was the weekend? It was a great weekend. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing good, Jay. It was a better weekend for you than it was for your old ball club, huh? Yeah, I mean, it happens. I mean, you go on the road against Detroit hungry for a victory, and uh, you come out kind of flattish, and Detroit takes it to you early, and just couldn't recover. You know, I think the way Detroit came out defensively, especially, uh, was query, pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson, I was impressed with them, and their pass rush was getting after them, forcing them into third downs, and then uh, Washington could never convert and keep drives going. And then that paved the way for offensively. Detroit made some plays, and some big plays especially, 50 yarders, three or four of them, and uh, took a huge lead and kept it. Jay, you've lived it, so you're a guy that can answer this question as good as anybody. When you – Subscribe to a philosophy of how you want to play. And I'm, I'm talking most notably defensively here. You come up with a scheme. You have a base package of what you think will, will benefit your talent the most. And it doesn't work. How hard is it, A, in-game to change things? And, B, how hard is that wrestling match with as a staff to go, hey, this isn't working. We've got to do something else and, and maybe something else dramatically different than what we're doing because we're not getting results. Well, I think you have to be prepared on both sides of the ball to do that. You might come in with a really run-heavy offensive game plan, but you can't get a yard and you're in third and not long all the time or you get behind, you got to throw it. So you got to be able to adjust. You can't just force runs down the defensive throat if they're not working. Same thing defensively. If you're not blitzing and you're just playing a four-man line and playing zone coverage and they're just eating you up, you're going to have to jump into some man-to-man and give them some pressure looks or something. Something's got to happen. Something's got to give to try to get the ball back to your offense, create turnovers. How when when you're on the sidelines and you see the way that game is developing in the first half and and they did hold them to a field goal early and then they did hold them 
on fourth and goal, and it really was like first and goal from the Washington seven or eight or whatever it was after uh, the, after one of the big plays. I think it was after the first Alman Ross St. Brown uh, big catch and run. Um, so there were some some encouraging signs, I guess, on defense early, Jay. But how quickly do you start going, okay, everything that we planned for, everything that we thought – might be wrong or might have to get thrown out of the window and to make those adjustments? Or do you just kind of like let it let a game develop and not judge a game based on two or three series or, or two or three three and outs and, and some bad things that look optically? Well, I think at halftime, they must have done something a little bit. They, they were down 22 to nothing at the half. And in the second half, you know, Washington came back, got a few stops and cut it to a touchdown lead before – Cost touchdown to DeAndre Swift, Swift when he fell down and got back up. So they must have made a little bit of adjustments. They played better on defense in the second half, so that's a good thing. That's a good sign for them. But the first half was a, a quite a, just too many big plays. I mean, you can't give up three fifty-yard plays. I think Brown had one. I think DeAndre Swift had a run, and another one down the sideline. I mean, you just can't have those uh, against a team on the road, especially. Jay, I know it's simple. It's it's kind of a simplicity to it, but Carson does his best as a space thrower. Aiden Hutchinson gave him no space yesterday. Detroit's push gave him uh, no space yesterday. Just that part alone, how, how much was that the, the biggest disruption for the Washington offense? Because in the second half, when they protected better, obviously the results were better. Yeah, when you look around the league at quarterbacks that struggle, usually it's because it's pressure-related. You know, I think uh, you saw Matt Ryan struggle. They, they got a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan. Uh, he had trouble getting set in his feet and throwing the ball, and that happens across the league, even to some of the best quarterbacks. Tom Brady struggled in the first half mightily against the Saints because they couldn't get the ball off and pressure all over him. So the best will struggle if you don't get the guys blocked. And that's why you preach in the offseason and, and during the draft, hey, we got to protect our quarterback and we got to get after theirs. That's the number one thing in pro football. And, and Detroit got after Wentz, and Washington didn't get after golf in the first half. And, and the lead is too great to overcome. All right, but when that happens, Jay, the way it was happening, and it was every single series in the first half, what are some of the things that you can do? Because I thought coming into this game that Scott Turner was going to – I thought they were going to struggle in pass protection. I thought they were going to give up four sacks, not six, and, and it's six with the intentional grounding. But I thought they were going to screen them, natural screens, not just checkdowns, natural screens. Clearly, again, people don't like to run the ball. Some people do. Some people don't. I like to run the ball more. Uh, you know, whatever. But, I, I mean, like – when when you know they have a pass rush the way they do, and you know that you don't have Jalen Hurts to run away from everything, what are some of the te- the technical X E and O E things that you can do to get rid of the ball quickly when things are when you're getting ambushed? Well, I think the most important thing is change the launch spot of the quarterback. You know, sometimes it's quick game, sometimes it's play action game, sometimes it's boot game to get him outside the pocket you know, off the run fake. So if you're not running the ball effectively, though, then you're stuck in second along. You lose some of those options. Uh, but the most important thing is get more productive on first down. Get the quarterback outside the pocket. Get the ball out of his hands. Try to keep yourself in second and medium, second and short. That really limits Detroit's ability to rush the passer and stick their hand on the ground, like on third down and eight when they know it's a pass. Or when they have a 22 to nothing lead, they're just got their – you know, they're in a three-point stance or you're empty and they know it's a pass. They're just rushing your face off. So you got to be able to be uh, able to move the quarterback around, change the launch pad, and, and obviously mixing some screens like you mentioned. Uh, how much would you have salivated to have uh, this Carson throwing in space with those weapons? Because mm-hmm. when it works, Jay, it, it, it really does through two weeks. I mean, it, it looks pretty impressive. 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, guys he can spread the ball out to. They, they can beat you from top down, too, which is impressive. Not many teams have the speed to beat you over the top, and the, you know, the, some of the big guys and the guys that can catch the ball underneath and make some things happen with the backs and Samuel. And So they got they got weapons all across the board. The key for them is staying in the, the second and short and third and makeable uh, and get Wentz out of the pocket, get him the ball out of his hands so he can be protected because he's pretty ordinary or below average when there is pressure on him, as most quarterbacks are. Jay, when you see a guy like Jahan Dotson who now has three touchdowns in his first two games, but more the kind of moves that he's making off the line of scrimmage. I mean, the one-yard touchdown catch yesterday, I'm not sure if you saw the play. I mean, he just shakes the slot corner in a snap of a finger, and he did the basically the same thing on his first touchdown of the two last week. When you see that kind of get off from the line of scrimmage, from a, I guess, defensive perspective, is there anything you can do to maybe, I guess, slow it down? Is it just simply getting a hand in his chest so he doesn't get that quick shake off the line of scrimmage what can you do to stop that or slow that down i think you can give him help you got to give him help you know you got a defensive back has to play some outside leverage with some inside help like a free linebacker or a free safety where they force everything inside and to try to take one side of the field away uh, he's a very dynamic player team teams have been trying to do this to cooper cup for the last couple of years they can't stop him either that's they get true him in stack formations <laughs> they run choice routes in zone they get man to man and they get him uh stack releases get him free releases so it's very difficult to get, uh, stop a guy with that type of flexibility and quickness if he's smart enough to be able to read man or zone as well so uh, i think he's going to be a special player he's showing up the first two weeks at least Jay, 10 or 12 years ago, 7-on-7 football became really popular at the amateur level. And because of that, I've never seen wide receivers more prepared to play earlier in their careers. The elite guys especially because the footwork for guys like what Dotson and McLaurin show us, what a Stefan Diggs, a Cooper Cup, in terms of their, their technique in their route running, it's elite, and it's elite early in their careers when you knew, I mean, you've, you've probably had some wide receivers who didn't have much of a clue when they showed up uh, in the pro game. Now you got guys that are stepping onto the field with elite footwork right away, and it's pretty impressive to watch, is it not? Oh, it really is. You know, young players are stepping up and playing in big-time situations more and more. You know, it doesn't happen all the time. There are some young guys that really struggle, despite the talent that they have coming out of college. Uh, they struggle to make that adjustment. But, you know, there's a select few that really come in here and, and uh, they, they, they take the game and they understand the approach to how to attack a defensive back's cushion, uh, how to work releases, how to get up on top of a defensive back's toes and make their cuts and be patient. Uh, it's, it's fun to watch those guys do that naturally. Where you have to to keep coach a guy on every single route is depth footwork you know make a move at the top of your break uh, come come shallow cut come back to the ball you know it becomes it, it's tough but when you don't have to coach those little things like I don't think you have to coach Terry McLaurin to come back to the ball on a curl route I mean it's naturally happens right. to him and same thing with obviously Dachshund that it's a great luxury to have all right Jay Gruden with us as he is each and every Monday at 10 o'clock touchdown at 10 the now Rams consultant former head coach here in Washington also offensive coordinator with the Jags uh and the Cincinnati Bengals all right Jay let me take you to this play in this sequence uh, I'm sure you've heard about it if you didn't see it uh Antonio Gibson uh, cuts the lead from 29-15 to 29-21 with a touchdown run from one yard out. Ron, and this is early in the fourth quarter, uh, not early, but 10, 10 and change left to go in the fourth quarter, down by eight, goes for the two-point conversion because he said that's what the analytics say. A, is that true? That's what the analytics say based on what you remember. Uh, again, down by 14, you score a touchdown, and it's the fourth quarter. And B, did it make any sense to you even if that's what the analytics say? 
I've never believed in that. That is what the analytics say. I know Doug Peterson does that all the time. He did it when he was at Philly, and I'm sure he's done it in Jacksonville. There are certain coaches that believe uh, in that. I don't believe in that. I believe in getting it back to seven and then making a decision on your next one to go for two for the win or not. You know, I think given the fact that the field goals are a little bit deeper, the extra points are a little bit further back, they're not quite as much as a gimme that some coaches believe in trying to win the game and get the two-pointer and then uh, win the game with an extra point if you score again. And if you don't get it, you're only down eight, and you can still go for two and tie it. But worst-case scenario, you don't get it, and then you miss your extra point on the next one, you're, you're, you're kind of screwed. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I personally don't agree with it, but some teams do. I mean, Jay, is it a case – I mean, look, you guys have wrestled with this for years in the profession – eye test over analytics at some point just as the eye test may paralyze you sometimes the analytics may paralyze you and you're thinking as well i think uh there's some truth to that i think you have to take the analytics maybe in certain situations as a coach really i mean there's certain things where analytics can come in handy and there's certain things that i think you have to take with uh the way the game is going and what your gut tells you uh, i don't think you can be paralyzed by analytic uh, results uh, you have to coach the game based on your gut and your feel for the game, but you also have to utilize the analytics reports um, to some degree. You know, here one more on, on that. Like, I don't understand why the analytics would say when you're, again, in, in, in this case, you're down by 14. Okay, granted, it's the fourth quarter. Why it would say go for two on one of the two touchdowns and maybe the first that you would score in order to try and tie the game? Because, again, my argument is basically what you just said. You believe in getting it to seven. Well, duh, I believe in getting it to seven, too. And then I'll take my chances in overtime or on a third possession. i got to tie the game first before I worry about winning or losing it in overtime. And too often we wind up with this mess. Now, again, if he... Well, here was one other element that I thought of, Jay, live in-game, and you tell me. Is it possible, and maybe you felt this way at times too, Ron was thinking, hey, if I get it to six here, I don't know if my defense can get many more stops, if any more stops. I need one stop and then a touchdown, but if I get one stop and a touchdown, I win, as opposed to just tying it? I mean, is there something to that mentality? Oh, yeah, that's the whole mentality is if you get the two-point conversion, you get a stop and a touchdown, you win the right, game. Right, right, right. You know, I, I didn't personally agree with the one where they went for two when they were down by uh, nine. They, they could have cut it to eight, 22 to 14. They went for two and got it to make it 22 to 15. I thought they should have kicked it to make it an eight-point game, a one-possession game. Because if you don't get that two-point, you're down nine. Two possessions is a huge deal uh, as opposed to one possession. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just I mean, there's certain coaches that like to do it uh, the analytic way and there's certain that do it the old-school way. Jay, how tough is that plane ride thinking about, you know, should I make changes on my staff? Do I make changes in my personnel area, you know, with my players uh, right now, especially when a unit is struggling? Because I imagine that's got to be one of the toughest parts of that profession is how how do I make changes if I feel uh, that they're necessary? Because these are people you hire, you trust them. There was a reason why you brought them here in the first place. And I imagine that's got to be the t- one of the tougher parts of this right now, especially for Ron, as you know they don't want to overreact to bad results. But right now, the trend certainly on one side of the ball is not consistent and not good for them right now. Yeah, I think it's a little early to overreact and start thinking about that. I think you try to have your coaches make adjustments for your next week coming up. Whoever they play next week, they got to make some adjustments to get ready for that team. Being one and one is not the end of the world. They're uh, in first place, possibly, if Philadelphia loses the. Uh, or the Giants are in first place at 2-0. So a game back, worst-case scenario, 
Um, there's only two games. They played a very revved-up Lions team. They didn't play their best ball in the first half. It got mm-hmm. too far behind. I just think it's a little too early to panic right now. I think if this trend continues like it's been continuing, I think they'll have to look into uh, – Making some changes. Uh, spin around uh, the rest of the NFL, Jay. I mean, we saw the Ravens absolutely throw up all over themselves uh, yesterday to a really electric offense with McDaniel and all the weapons they have, and Tua uh, playing out of his mind in the fourth quarter. We saw the uh, the Browns, uh, you know, again choke all over themselves in the inside the last two minutes. What comeback the Raiders and 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 uh, and and the um, uh, the Cardinals? What comeback of those three stood out to you the most as maybe the most impressive or the worst? Uh, blown lead of of the three, if you will. Well, the worst blown lead was Cleveland. I mean, all Nick Chubb has to do is go down and game's over. Uh, they gave the opportunity for the Jets to come back and then score 14 points in 90 seconds. That's that's unheard of, but it happens in pro football. That's the most important thing. You're never out of a game or the game's never over till the zeros are on the board. You know, the Arizona comeback was impressive, but uh, when you have the ability to fall down before the touchdown and run the clock out and take a knee, uh, you got to do that, and uh, that's one Cleveland will never get back. That's a tough loss for them, and a great comeback for the Jets. How good is my guy Daryl Henderson, Jay? I love that guy, and I think Sean is figuring out some very creative ways to use him and uh, finally staying healthy. Knock on wood, uh, out there helping the Rams. Yeah, I think they're utilizing the backs extremely well. Cam Akers got more involved yesterday as well, so uh, those guys are pretty good. They almost blew a lead as well. You know, mm-hmm. I need to tell you that. that Atlanta came roaring back, went for a great pick by Jalen Ramsey. Heck, Atlanta could have won that game as well. So uh, there's a lot of work to do amongst these NFL teams early in the season. But, uh, you know, Tua, you mentioned Tua. I, I watched that game as well. I was watching both those games, and, and that was incredible. Those, those two receivers for the Miami Dolphins are as good as one-two punch in the history of the league, in my opinion. And, and Jay, uh, mentioned uh, – Sam. well, I, I guess we didn't mention it. I, I was going to mention it. San Francisco losing Trey Lance so early. I mean, obviously it's a huge thing that they didn't get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. But, uh, like, to me, that was part of the reason in not wanting to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo if I'm Kyle and John Lynch is because Trey Lance was hurt last year. He hadn't played a lot of college football. Unfortunately, uh, a, a terrible injury early yesterday. And, and here you go, like a Super Bowl contending team now still has a chance, whereas many teams, if they lose their starting quarterback week two, they have no chance. You're exactly right, and especially the way Trey Lance needs to be utilized to be effective. You know, he's not a pocket passer. He has to utilize his legs, which will put him in harm's way, so to speak. So you have to have a backup quarterback with some experience that can throw the ball down the field and, and, and do some things, especially with uh, the likes of Jimmy Grapple has won so many games. It was a no-brainer, in my opinion. I mean, if something happened to Trey Lance and they didn't have Jimmy Grapple, I don't even know who their backup is, blocked or something like that. I've never heard of him. So it was a, it was a great move by San Fran. Unfortunately, Trey Lance, his developmental beef, you know, halted for another year. Uh, but what a luxury to have to have a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo come off the bench and, and be your quarterback. Yeah, no doubt about it. Jay, as always, appreciate the time. We look forward to talking to you again next week at 10. You got it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jay. You got it. Appreciate it, Jay. Jay Gruden joining us as he does every Monday morning at 10 a.m. And, of course, we had Jay on all last year. The analysis was fantastic and uh, continues to do a great job for us here on Monday mornings talking about the commander's breakdown and, of course, around the league, serving as a Rolls consultant now with the Rams. By the way, their quarterback, I'm telling you, there's there's every bit as much Carson Wentz and Matt Stafford, in my opinion, because Matt Stafford throws interceptions. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Stafford turns football over. Mm-hmm. He's just good enough to come back and – 
you know, make plays too. Right. Kind of like Carson Wentz did yesterday yeah. uh, for Washington. Yeah. So there, yeah, there there is definitely some. Uh, I mean, we talked about it all last year, right? Especially when they were going through some. I mean, everybody knows that Matt Stafford. Listen, when you have the golden arm, when you have when you believe you can make every throw. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fit balls in. And 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 the Logan Thomas or the interception in the third quarter, and that's something we haven't touched on uh, just yet, that interception is a classic example because Carson Wentz is trying on a crossing route when they have momentum and they're starting mm-hmm. to cook and they're moving the football on that second drive of the third quarter after going right down the, the field to start the third quarter with a beautiful pass to Curtis Samuel and the big slot and the big catch by Jahan Dotson for 40 and so on and so forth. Carson Wentz thinks he can get it there and, and, and maybe he's just a hair behind and it kind of goes high and – what is it? Off the it kind of went off the shoulder or off his hand. I off can't his remember. Hand. Off his hand. Yeah. Uh, and Car- you know, Logan said he should have you know ran the route better. Went said, "Oh no, that one's on me." I'm sure everybody likes that he took responsibility for that. But again, when you have a golden arm, you think you can make every throw, and you often you can, and because you see it, it looks the part. But it doesn't mean you can make every throw. Yeah, and by the way, if there's been a positive through two weeks, it's Logan Thomas's ability oh, to play. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had no idea what it was going to look like. Uh, you didn't know if he could go, and he's certainly kind of picked up where he left off before the injury, which has been great to see uh, for him out there because that's a tough injury to come back from and you know, assume, reassume the ability uh, that you had and the impact in the game. Uh, that you had. And good to see 82 out there uh, back making plays for Washington. Back to more of your calls, and you heard what Jay had to say there. And, you know, I mean, again, when you're talking to a guy that's been in the profession, you got to ask a question a little delicately there. My question about, you know, the Del Rio and the defense is, you know, is it two games in again? Is it an overreaction if you were to let him go? I mean, the trend to me goes back even further than two games right now with this team. Is it going to be maybe uh, something that undoes Ron and this organization here uh, and their tenure here? Because at some point, somebody's going to make a difficult decision. If something's not working, you can't continue to do it, whether it's philosophically or whether it's with a different voice. And that's probably what Ron is wrestling with right now uh, inside that cranium as they try to figure out some answers defensively as they fall to Detroit Yesterday, 36 to 27. More of your calls next. 301-230-0980. Would it be an overreaction to let Jack Del Rio go the week of a game here as they get set to take on an incredibly difficult foe in Philadelphia? Let's talk about it now on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the 
tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You know, I've had this discussion sitting at a table with Mike Rizzo, other people in coaching professions about analytics. When you use them, and as Jay said, and I think there's still a large contingent of coaches, that if you make a decision based on your gut and it doesn't work, you can live with that. If you make a decision based on some dude who puts together a chart and says, hey, here's a chart. And if you do score eight points here, yes, you get closer to the other team's total. But nobody ever says, well, what if we don't get it? They all look at the result like, oh, yeah, we can be down six instead of seven. Right. Right. That's right, Beaver. I. That's a great idea. Well, well, that's what that's what I tried to say with Jay. I don't know if I said it right. Is everybody's like, and and somebody's telling me on 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 Twitter. Uh, oh, the the whole goal is to win it in regulation. Yeah, no bleep, Sherlock. Duh. You gotta you, <laughs> you you gotta tie it up first Shocker. before you worry about winning or losing in overtime. You gotta get to overtime, or you gotta get to that position first. That's why the analyst. See, there's too much football outsiders in the media. There's too much football outsiders in NFL organizations. And I'm not trying to beat up on football outsiders. They do good work. There is a lot to be said. Here's what's here's what's not here's what doesn't make common sense. Is down 14 and to start chasing points. You're already chasing points. Now, the only way I can logically defend it again is if you have no faith in your place kicker, which then he shouldn't be on the roster. And I, I have to believe at this point, Ron Rivera is very dubious of Joey Sly privately. He won't say it publicly, but he should be. Uh, even though he says he gets too amped up, whatever. I, I don't buy that for one second. The other part is, again, the only reasonable way I could I could say this, and we did talk to Jay about this, is you're down 14, you score a touchdown, you're down eight. You got to make a decision go, okay, do I need to get two defensive stops here or do I need one defensive stop to try and win this game? And that's the only way this makes sense. Meaning, if you're down eight after the touchdown, Pete, you get the two-point conversion, you're down six. You need one defensive stop and one touchdown, a traditional touchdown and the extra point, and you win. If you kick the extra point and make yourself down by seven with ten and a half left to go, then you still need the one defensive stop the one traditional touchdown to tie it, and then you need another defensive stop and another score to win it. At, at whatever point that sequence comes, that's the only way I can defend this. 
The only way I can rationalize it, not that's what the numbers say. Screw the analytics. Tell football outsiders and whoever came up with this analytics chart to go kick all the rocks. Dude, it's simple math. I mean, yes, yes, if I score eight, that's greater than seven, okay? I don't need some nincompoop nerd over here. God bless all of you math nerds. My 14-year-old daughter seems to be one of them right now. She loves math. But I don't need somebody to tell me eight is greater than seven. I I don't need anybody to tell me that. I have to go by the feel of the game. Do I have two-point packages that I can continue to turn to and feel like I'm going to execute perfectly? And then I have to weigh, all right, if I don't get the two-pointer, now I put myself in a position where I'm going to need another two-pointer to get even. And I don't care what you say. It is still tougher to get two and a half yards Mm -hmm. against an NFL defense than it is for a, a qualified NFL kicker to kick the ball through the big H, as my guy Akeem said in coming to America, from 33 yards. I, I'll take my kicker kicking at 33 yards to get the game even and yep. give it. Look, if, hey, if I'm in overtime, I can still win the game. If I lose by one point in regulation, I can't win the game. That's the point. That why I are can't the, win. Why, why are the number nerds, when you're down by 14, or even down by eight with ten and a half minutes left to go. Because they get more the headset. worried about overtime than they are worried about actually winning or tying the game in coach, regulation. If it we makes score no eight sense. points here, coach, eight it, is greater than seven. Yeah, coach, go it, for it. It makes zero sense. And and honestly, what if Ron's using a chart like people talk about the draft value chart? If Ron's using an analytics chart. Ron should take a blowtorch to that chart because it doesn't make any sense. That's right. Absolutely right. They, uh, should, I, they can, should put it in a fire pit tonight. Can I give celebrate you the, with some Bud Light? Well, there's nothing to celebrate right now. I can tell you. Listen, it's not the end of the world to be one and one. It's the way that loss right. happened. Uh, and and again, the offense is not the the offense is is not free of blame here. The offense sucked in the first half. Awful. Tr- just dreadful. And of course, did have the big turnover um, in in the early part of the third quarter when on the march. Now, again, they did some good things too. So I'm not saying that they didn't. Of course, they were much better than the uh, special teams and much better than the defense. But that does not excuse these long. And I and they had one last week. I told you they had 26 plays for 89 yards, including three turnovers and three penalties. I mean, people, let's not let's not size up the Hall of Fame jackets just yet. For the commander's offense, is it better than it has been? Hell freaking yeah. Is it good enough? No. All right, here's the, you know what's not good enough? The defense. We know that, mm-hmm. right? You know what's shocking? I, I just was thinking about this. Yesterday, on third down, they held the Lions to 4 of 13 on third down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's the that's the disheartening well, part of all this. Let, let me give you more context. Last week, remember... They held the Jaguars to 3 of 12 on third down. So do the bet math with me. I'm a Buffalo State grad. I love my alma mater. But, you know, it's, it's not like Princeton or Harvard. But, dude, math is math. I don't okay. care whether you're taking it at a Harvard or Buffalo okay. State or Anne Arundel Community College. So you're 2 plus me. 2 equals 4 no I, matter where you go to school. What does 4 plus 3 equal? 7. Okay. What does 13 plus 12 equal? 25. Okay. They are 7 of 25 on third down defense. That's 28%. You know where that ranks? 
in the NFL in 2022? Well, considering they were 48% last year. Right. I'm, um, I was going to get to I'm that. I'm going to say third. Tied for fifth. Not bad. Just tied for fifth. And again, that's pending Philadelphia mm-hmm. and, and, and Tennessee, actually. I think Tennessee is one. The Giants are two. Uh, you know, after two. But Tennessee's only played one game. So it, these numbers will change by tonight, right? 28%. 7 of 25 on third down defense, tied for fifth. To your point, they were second worst in the NFL at 31st overall, 48.47 allowed last year. And at one point, and and for many weeks, it was well over 50%. And at times last year, last year early on in the first six games, it was over 60%. Just think about how atrocious this defense is. Think about it through two games. And realize how good they've been on third down. Yeah, Think I mean, about that. That's the that's the great thing. We talked about how they've got to be better, and that has been the one bright spot of the defense is they've reasonably got off the field on third down. The problem is they're giving up too many big plays on first and second down right now as well. Let's get out to the phones real quick before we get to another break here. Let's go to line two. Steve's in Columbia. What's up, Steve? Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Hey, um, up, here's my thing. This, this is kind of more directed at Chris. So Ron Rivera is the bottom line authority on everything. You know, the GM, the coach, player acquisition, uh, choosing coordinators, et cetera. His teams are known to start off slow. Mm -hmm. Um, He has this kind of loyalty thing. At what point, though, uh, does it come when you're all seeing the same thing? There's definitely some type of disconnect with the defense. You mentioned you don't want to you don't want to blame just Jack Del Rio, but it's been a pattern of not being able to stop the run and this constant not communicating thing. Who who, who are the linebacker coaches? Who are who is the uh, the secondary coach? The safety coach? Right. What what is really the problem? Man, in, in plain English. Okay. This should not be happening on a pro level right. consistently like it is. So the only way I can answer that is, I, I, I mean, listen, Baltimore fired their defensive coordinator, Rink Martindale, last year, uh, who was really, really good for them for a long time. They struggled last year because of injuries and because of big plays. And we see what happened la- yesterday. In the fourth quarter, they gave up a huge lead. They had miscommunication all over the place. Tua carved them up like a Thanksgiving turkey. Miscommunication happens across the board in the NFL. It's hard to see, but we know it happens. And I think what 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 you're kind of alluding to is all the problems in the first half of last year when you had a bunch of new pieces, and that's absolutely correct. This year, they don't have a bunch of new pieces, but the one thing they do have, right, Pete? They have Benjamin St. Juice playing in a new position, and he was hurt for much for a a good part of the preseason. He didn't practice as much. He didn't play in the uh, the first two preseason games, I believe. He did play in the third one a little bit, but they have a new guy working in the slot that quite honestly didn't work in the slot at Minnesota. So that's part of the problem. The run, oh, I'm, I'm sorry? <laughs> what does he have to do with stopping the run? Right up the middle. Well, no, no. I was address. I was addressing the other part of what what, what you were talking about oh. was miscommunication. Okay. Now, the, now the run. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. The only thing I can come come back to is what we talked about in hour number one, which is they are thin at interior defensive tackle. Number one and number two, when those guys get blocked, they don't have the other playmakers that are in position to to account. I mean, they don't, for they that. don't have a linebacker that can shut it down. 
uh, you know, when you, if, if your interior dudes don't do it, they don't have a linebacker that can shut it down. And if a day like yesterday where your interior guys are not playing uh, as well as they normally do, your linebacker has no chance to shut it down because there's guys getting to the second level and getting him blocked. I will say this, and Steve, appreciate the call. If you've ever been in a three-point stance, okay, and before I played stand-up defensive end and backup quarterback, I used to get in a three-point stance all the time. Wearing 62, 71, playing on the offensive line, defensive line. John Allen, with that groin issue yesterday, could not win any leverage battles because he just couldn't really push off the way he normally does. And that's why, for the first time in his career, Mm -hmm. you saw John Allen a couple times getting relocated on that defensive line by Detroit's offensive line. Double teams, and John Allen, John Allen can beat double teams from time to time when he's fresh, but asking John Allen to try and beat double teams with a bad groin where he can't win any leverage battles, he can't get into the gap and beat those guys with a great first step, it's just impossible at that point. And that's why you saw John get relocated. If John Allen's get relocated, Cole Holcomb's got no chance to get to the ball carrier until he's four or five yards uh, out there. And we know in space, we know in space against a guy like DeAndre Swift, Almost any linebacker is going to lose that battle. At that point, there are only few linebackers in this league that can shut that down and get there, but that's what makes those players elite. And Right now, we've got linebackers that are nowhere near an elite level. Let's get Jeff and Vienna in here before the break. What's up, Jeff? Happy 23rd, Chris. Your rants are aging like fine wine. <laughs> hey, Jeff, Jeff. About, Jeff, about 4.05 yesterday, did you feel like you took like a, a, a samurai sword to the liver? Well, you know, you guys were talking about how can you not be prepared for DeAndre Swift. You guys play the Cowboys twice a year. And I know Michael Parsons, Micah Parsons is Superman, but come on. You know, you have got to have a plan to block that guy. Well, easier I, I said mean, than done. I, I mean, again, here, here's the one thing that I will always say. We don't know if they didn't have a plan. I mean, I saw the one sack where he went around the left tackle. Um, if I saw it right, Jeff, um, we don't know if they didn't have a plan. Maybe they had a plan and it wasn't executed, right? I mean, that right. Hap- that happens all the time, and it happens way more. Again, we're talking about Jack Del Rio and all this, all these schematic problems, and the player basically says, oh, you know, Derek Force says it's a schematic issue. They knew it. Sure, some of that is absolutely correct, but here's the other pride. Coaches are not dumb. They're not as dumb as they seem, and they could hammer and plan and preach and if players simply can't execute it or don't execute it, that's not always on the coach. It's not always because they didn't so, have a plan. Yeah, that one was a total miscommunication. They they brought the tight end in to stand between the center and the guard, and everybody is supposed to move to their outside shoulder when they do that, and apparently Lyle Collins just missed it, you know, type of thing. So um, it, it, it was tough, you know. Thank God everybody else lost because our offensive line is just trash right now. So um, I do I do want to give a quick shout out to the Tagliavua family for a great weekend in Maryland this weekend. And um, on going for two, I have to say that I agree with Jay. My mindset is you don't go for two until you absolutely have to. No, you can't. I mean, I, I mean, I, it's just because because of exactly what happened there. Jeff has always appreciate the call because of what happened yesterday in that situation. And Sly, go, you cannot assume you're going to have one more possession to tie the game because 
that that you can have a bad snap, that kick can get blocked, and you can have Joey push it to the right like he did. So, you know, you have to do whatever you can do to guarantee yourself only needing one more possession at all times. Or, as I like to call it, one more play. Because that play can come on defense. A drop snap, a tipped ball. Some teams are too aggressive trying to run out the clock and throw passes. And ball gets tipped. And what do your guys take it? Go back for a touchdown? I mean... You always have to do whatever you can do to guarantee that no matter what happens out there, you're one play away from tying the game, and that is too risky to start chasing points early in the process. It just is. Russell tells us what's trending. All right, so we're wrapping up a commander's disappointing loss in Detroit. Mauled in Motown. That was the theme of yesterday's horrific first half much better in the second half at least on offense special teams and defense no thanks uh now they head to fedex field for week three uh back home for jalen hurts and the philadelphia eagles speaking of jalen hurts and the eagles they'll play in the traditional monday night or tonight at lincoln financial against kirk cousins kevin o'connell and the one and oh minnesota vikings 8 30 kickoff there for that one but before that we'll have the double dip tennessee at Owen one off of the loss to the giants at home against buffalo whooped up on Jay Gruden and the uh, Jay Gruden's Rams and Sean McVay's Rams. Uh, Jay Gruden, by the way, joined us earlier this hour, as he does each and every Monday for Touchdown at 10, breaking down all things commanders, the two-point conversion attempt that we've been talking about all morning, the defense, the offense, and everything in between, plus a spin around the NFL. If you missed it, hit the Odyssey Rewind feature on the Team 980, and that's what's trending. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Beaten in Motown, coming home. Now, here's the other thing, too. With with losing that game, what does that stadium look like now on Sunday? Oh, it's almost sold out, according to Michael Phillips over the weekend. Now, the problem is, is, to your point. How many dopes are going to be wearing? 20,000 green and green and silver. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that, that's what, and, and look, I mean, uh, as far as I know, it's just looking it up because I was looking up uh, my game day weather for me in Greenville on Saturday. I Wait, mean, where do you have to go? Uh, I'm going to Greenville, Carolina? North Carolina, East Carolina. Yep. E- so ECU. Okay. Yep. Weather's going to be awesome Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great weather day. So at FedEx. Yeah. At FedEx field. It's going to be a great weather day. You're looking at sunny and 80 degrees. Okay. So still, still a little warm. I mean, you know, but nice. It's not 95 and sweltering with, you know, 
Bob from you know wherever sitting behind you drinking sixty beers. But guess what? You start dropping it all over. You start you. chasing around Jalen Hurts just like the Lions did last week, and that's why I thought the Lions defense was going to be much better this week because mm-hmm. they didn't have Jalen Hurts to chase around. That's a great you start, point. You start chasing that around, you're going to get tired and gassed really quick, and then Kenny Gainwell and Miles Sanders and Boston Scott are going to gas you even uh, some more. Even before we get to AJ Brown. Now that being said, you know. Washington does get a little bit of a break here. A, the game's at home. B, they'll be really upset and and I'm sure wanting to shove it right back in all the critics and me and the fans and whatever and, and tell everybody to go buzz off. Do you think Ron puts a picture of your face and some of your audio <laughs> on a whiteboard in there and says, let's let's take it to this guy? That would be great. Okay, let's take it to this guy. But, but let, let's let him know we're there. Let him know you're there. Hit him in the – let him know you're there. Anyway, uh, slap shot. Uh, but they do get the little bit of a break that the Eagles play until, you know – Yeah, short week. 11.30 tonight. Now they mm-hmm. don't have a, a long road trip. Uh, so again, I was going to say, it's not like Philadelphia is in, like, you know, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, where Pete Menhurst wants to be tomorrow night. ESPN Plus. If you have a game between Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the um, British Columbia Lions, yeah, that I'd be there. Uh, then I got a guy for you. He's willing to make the trip. He's willing to make the trip. Uh, by the way, did you see just doing my guy? I could do it with my guy Farhan Laljai. Get me some Matt Dunnigan. Sure, I mean, love it. Household names, right? Speaking of crazy road trips, right? Uh, we talked last week about Herb Street, and mm-hmm. he did do that Saturday night Texas A&M-Miami game after doing uh, college game day in Boone, North Carolina. By the way, how close Detroit – I mean, that ending was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, against uh, uh, against uh, Troy Appalachian State. So they did college game day after doing the Thursday night game in Kansas City. He flew to Boone, North Carolina, you know, overnight, early morning, whatever, because I saw them Friday afternoon doing a pregame setup uh, thing in Boone, North Carolina. Did college game day. 12 o'clock, gets off the air, private charter, boom, to College Station, Texas A&M. Back home to wherever the hell he's living now, Cincinnati, Nashville, whatever it is. We're told Cincinnati. And then back on on the road on Tuesday, Robert Griffin III, who I heard on the junks on the way in, he was doing the Washington-Michigan State game on Saturday evening, flew back to Orlando after that game, either late Saturday night or yesterday morning, right? You got to watch a bunch of football. You got to analyze things, whatever. Get ready for Monday Night Countdown. Get ready for your spot with the junks, whatever. And then said he was hopping on back on a plane after getting back to Orlando to, to go to New York. And then... Again, presumably, I would assume tomorrow morning, back. Look, these guys travel much better than your regular average Joe. I would say net jets because I think that's what those guys use. Maybe. I don't know if ESPN does that for regular, regular travel. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I know they do it for Herbie. Okay. Well, Herbie's a little bit different, right? (laughs) But my point being is there's still some jet lag there, right? There's still some, hey, I got to get to the airport if you're not flying private. And I mean, you got to get to the airport one way or the other. But if you're not flying private, I got to get to the airport an hour and a half, especially in a place like Orlando. Anyway, I make a big deal out of that because it it, it is taxing, and I think it does affect preparation uh, and performance. But these guys, with you know, like you have a lot of jobs, I have a bunch of jobs, what have you. Matt's got a bunch of jobs, but we don't have to travel. I mean, we have to commute in. 
Okay, and that's tired and exhausting enough. But when you're flying around from airport to airport, city to city, time zone to time zone, it's kind of crazy, and it catches up to you. 301-230-0980. We'll take more of your calls as we dissect and do the autopsy on yesterday's 36-27 loss to the Detroit Lions. All right, what you're laughing about is my, me swigging. My partner who swears, okay, he now, okay, it is diet. I had to look for He just w- bought. W- would you doubt anything other? Dude, he just picked up a two-liter bottle. You know how we buy bottles, and I'm probably going to go buy a bottle of soda in this break. Chris has a two-liter bottle of Diet Mountain yep. Dew. Yep. Sans the cup. Yep. He just takes off the top and well, starts drinking it out of the two-liter well, bottle. Actually, you know, he calls the chicken police on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the problem. Holy I, crap. I forgot my cup, so I couldn't pour it into the cup. I brought a athletic uh, sport bottle. I The further problem is I filled that up with water, put it in the freezer, and now I can't do anything with it. So I have no place to put the soda. So I needed to take a swig because I had uh, an oatmeal raisin cookie, which you were so kind to bring in. And they are really good, by the way. Thank you. Love oatmeal Thought they would cookies. be. We we'll take some more of your calls here. 301-230-0980. The autopsy on yesterday's loss to the Lions continues. And again... Does does Jack Del Rio need to go, or is that an overreaction after just two games on this season? 301-230-0980, and of course, streaming live for free on your favorite app, the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.